one of the largest expenses while traveling aside from a plane ticket can be hotels. They're costly, sometimes cramped and not exactly cozy. You know the vibe that I'm talking about. A typical hotel room might have boring, unoffending eggshell white walls, a sort of sterile feel and an uncomfortable, strangely shaped couch. There's often no living room where you can unwind and no kitchen where you can cook. The bathroom is stark white, just a bit too cold for comfort with a light up mirror that shows your face in alarming detail. Now, for plenty of folks, this isn't a problem. If you intend on spending all your time outside of the hotel and eating out, then you probably don't mind the lack of space. It's just a place to sleep. You try not to think about the number of clips you've seen showing hotel mattresses under blue lights, and you might consider buying your own pillowcase and curl up under the blankets that somehow feel made of cardboard. And that's fine, it's just a place to sleep, right? Well, plenty of people were sick and tired of this experience, and thus a new alternative to hotels emerged, Airbnb. Look out at the world. Isn't it wonderful? And see all the places we call home stay in anyone you like all for a price that suits you. It's simple. Just enter where you want to go, the dates you want to be there, and choose- When it was created in 2008, Airbnb was seen as a solution to all of these problems. You get to stay with the local of the place you're traveling to, and since you're probably in a house or apartment, there's more living space available. Finally, you want to make a delicious home-cooked meal at the end of the day, and you've got it. You get access to your new hotel owner personally. Plus, you're not giving your money to a hotel chain, but to a resident who can use it to support themselves. So everybody wins, right? Well, if that were the case, then you know I would not be here talking about them. And of course, those of you who've actually stayed in an Airbnb know that while it can be beneficial, it comes with a lot of downsides too. Some of these problems come with the territory as it's a higher level of couch surfing, but a step below a hotel, like cleanliness, for example. If you're staying in someone's home, there might be clutter, laundry, crumbs, odor, things of that nature that come with, you know, living in a house. It can't always be picture perfect. If you're staying in an apartment, the renter can't ensure that their neighbors are going to be quiet either or that things won't break down. Sure, a host can hire a plumber or call their landlord to fix a leaky faucet or broken toilet. But if that takes a few days, then you might just have to deal with the results as it's not something that they can just find you somewhere else to stay or change rooms or something. This also puts you at the mercy of your host if an emergency comes up and they cancel last minute too. For the most part, people accept the facts. They may result in negative reviews in part anyway. These quirks are not doing anything particularly damaging though. Unfortunately, when you stay in a stranger's house, you never know what you may be walking into, literally. Hello everyone, and welcome to The Corporate Casket. I'm the Illuminati, and today we're gonna be talking about Airbnb. We'll start with the experience that guests have before eventually looking at the company as a whole. So with that being said, let's get into it. Max Knight found out the hard way that Airbnb hosts can be, well, there's no other word for it, creepy and invasive. He discovered two cameras in the guest room where he was going to stay. Horrified, Max removed the SD cards, telling the Atlantic that he didn't know what the Airbnb owner had seen. The cameras could stream live and had they been watching him the whole time? Max told Airbnb that they should have protected him sooner. His host introduced himself by two different names. He didn't have permission to rent out the property from his landlord. And when Max told Airbnb about the cameras, they didn't notify law enforcement of his gross violation of privacy. This wasn't just a negative experience. This was a criminal act, Max said. Some Airbnb hosts insist that they need a camera to protect their valuables. So Airbnb added a layer of protection for guests that states the location of said cameras needed to be indicated in advance. 
That way, guests know what they're walking in on and they can sign a consent form. Still, it's the whole insidious nature of these hidden cameras that's really rattled guests. And while Airbnb does seem to support those that find these cameras in private spaces like the bathroom, guests have complained that the company does absolutely nothing if there are undisclosed cameras in the living room. An undisclosed camera is a violation of privacy, no matter where it is. If a guest hasn't consented to being filmed, then it's wrong and upsetting for anyone to do so, even in the living room. This issue has become so prevalent that you can find articles online that will help you detect hidden cameras in your Airbnb, like shining a bright light on fire alarms placed right above the bed to see if you get a bluish reflection from a camera lens. Earlier this year, a woman complained that she found a hidden camera in her Airbnb bathroom, prompting a police investigation, proving that this is still a consistent issue in rental homes. And yes, of course, it can happen in hotels too. But one survey suggested that over 10% of vacation home renters found a hidden camera during one of their stays. And almost 60% of Americans have the fear that they'll be filmed in an Airbnb home. But those aren't the only concerns travelers have either. Back in 2016, Airbnb was sued for discrimination. According to Gregory Selden, a black man who used their website to book accommodations, he was denied a booking when he used his personal profile, which displays a photo of him. But when he tried to make the same booking using a profile with a white man as the profile picture, the booking was accepted. And this seems pretty obvious, a clear cut case of discrimination, but no one was willing to work with him. The host told Selden, it's a disappointment people like you always victimize yourself solely on the basis of skin color and the company Airbnb itself did nothing at all. A study from Harvard confirmed Selden's experience was a problem that went to Airbnb's core. Their hosts were less likely to rent to people with quote, black sounding names, and they can see photos and names of guests before agreeing to a booking. On a more traditional hotel site, this isn't always the case. Though Airbnb implemented a change that allowed people to choose to not have a photo and only allowed hosts to view any profile pictures after a booking was accepted, they still had lawsuits around racial biases settled as early as 2019. They also launched Project Lighthouse in 2020, a project that Airbnb says is meant to measure discrimination based on perception using a privacy-centric methodology that determines the race someone might associate with a first name and profile photo. While it's a good thing that these changes are happening at all, they're only really taking place alongside lawsuits. When Selden complained, Airbnb didn't seem to care. I think I'd be more likely to think that Airbnb actually wants equality on their platform if they initiated some sort of changes like themselves based on customer feedback, not in tandem with a lawsuit. Now, in terms of that feedback, there is definitely no shortage of that. The site Airbnb Hell is devoted to listing Airbnb horror stories, both from guests and hosts. Some feature the classic bait and switch story where a guest experience is so drastically different from what they were promised that it's downright unsafe. One such story claims that this guest was given a completely different address than listed on their booking. The post provided photos of the disgusting room condition and even a sign that alleged how the building prohibits Airbnb units. There were signs posted at the elevators stating that they don't allow Airbnb, it reads. The host allegedly told his guests to lie to others in the building that they were his cousins and there was no free parking as promised. The sheets had pubic hair in them and the mattress had urine stains. When this guest told Airbnb about their issues, the company said they should have called within 24 hours, a feat that would have been impossible to begin with because the guest's flight was delayed and they arrived a day late into their stay. To add insult to injury, this unit wasn't cheaper than a hotel. It was just all they could get on a busy Miami weekend. Other firsthand accounts report that they'd had hosts cancel for absolutely no reason before, then continue to mark said canceled dates as available, but with a raised rate. 
Guests have said that hosts have even canceled their stay only hours before they were due to arrive, ruining international vacations and leaving guests stranded. Despite over 40 people complaining about one bait and switch host in Florence, Airbnb claimed it was an isolated incident and still said that host is allowed on their website. Sometimes it's not just basic amenities or accommodations that can be missing from an Airbnb, but safety essentials like smoke and carbon monoxide detectors. Last year in 2021, a California couple and their three-year-old child were found dead in an Airbnb following a gas leak. And while Airbnb said that they would conduct an investigation, it's a little too late for the family of those that lost their lives. Reputable hotel chains simply can't routinely cancel reservations or scam people en masse as data scientist Asher Ferguson explains. Airbnb rentals, on the other hand, aren't a business in the same way when they're a spare room in a house, and the company itself doesn't seem keen on holding renters accountable. While it may seem beneficial that you talk to the owner of a place you're staying at, as you can't really do that in a hotel, there is no front desk or managers whose job it is to make it right. There's no individual to complain in real time, as Ferguson puts it. So if there is a potential emergency that the owner won't handle, their customer service is relying on bots, outsourcing to call centers and leaving guests defeated. One woman wrote a review on an Airbnb after she was sexually assaulted in front of the building, stating that it was in a dangerous neighborhood, but Airbnb removed the review because it was considered circumstances entirely out of another's control. And I mean, I get why that may not be the Airbnb owner's fault, but it feels wrong that Airbnb would take down a review warning others that an area is literally unsafe. Now, sometimes it's not the area that's unsafe, but the host themselves. In one case, a host admitted to manslaughter after killing a guest because they didn't pay their bill. This happened multiple times over the years where hosts have argued with guests over money resulting in extreme violence and death, leading me to wonder if Airbnb does anything at all to prevent this, like, you know, a background check. And the answer to that is, well, sort of. Airbnb's website says that they do conduct checks, but they're limited and they can't guarantee they'll identify all past criminal convictions or sex offender registrations by a guest or host. They also only run these background checks in the USA and India. So sure, Airbnb can find out the first and last name and the birthday of your host, but if you want any other valuable information, chances are you're not gonna get it. Even their verified identification system is pretty flawed because a host can just have a third party make bookings on their behalf. Again, I'm not saying that these things aren't a problem or that this is exclusively an Airbnb problem. It's just really hard to believe that they actually care when news organizations like Bloomberg report that the company spends millions of dollars to make nightmares go away and avoid PR disasters. And again, something to consider here, these are only the incidents we know about. I know I might sound like I'm wearing a bit of a tinfoil hat here, but there are 2 million people on any given night staying at an Airbnb. Things can, and statistically do go horribly wrong from time to time. Now, please note that this next section will mention sexual assault and violence. Olivia Carville from Bloomberg claims that Airbnb has a team of 100 highly specialized agents that handle the worst of the worst cases. These aren't the normal customer service representatives, but an elite unit, many of whom come from military or trauma backgrounds, whose job it is to protect the user and the company's brand image. One incident that Carville describes is that of a young Australian woman who stayed in New York. When she went to her Airbnb after a night of New Year's celebrations, a man attacked her with a kitchen knife and raped her. The same man came back after the attack and when he was searched by police, they found the knife, one of the woman's earrings and keys to the apartment itself on him. As Airbnb was fighting with New York City over regulations at the time, the company knew this was not a good look for them. 
Externally, they went to work protecting the victim, paying for her counseling, her mother to fly out to be there for her and paying for her plane tickets back home. While on the inside, Airbnb tried to determine how the rapist had the keys to the apartment. Carvel explains that the keys were left in a bodega nearby, which presented the company with a massive liability because they don't have protections or policies in place around picking up keys and things of that nature. But Airbnb got lucky here. Their name wasn't mentioned in court records when the rapist was indicted. The case didn't reach the press during such a volatile time. And when the Australian woman's lawyer reached out to the company, they settled the case for $7 million. Part of that settlement is that she can't assert or imply that Airbnb is at fault. The company seemingly denies this, saying that the young woman can discuss who she believes is to blame. But Carville claims that this clause is more like a gag order. This case, like many, are settled to keep Airbnb's image as squeaky clean as possible. And of course, Airbnb claims that less than 0.1% of stays have resulted in reported safety issues. But that phrasing is what Ferguson finds interesting. First of all, how does Airbnb define safety? Bodily harm? Or would someone complaining of no fire alarms suffice? Secondly, does this mean that they reported it to the company directly? As in the renter had to contact Airbnb to resolve the issue because the seller wouldn't? And third, with over 200 million stays per year, this is still about 200,000 safety issues. That hardly seems like a number to brag about. None of these things from discrimination to safety concerns to literal manslaughter are good looks for the company. However, things can potentially get even more dangerous if you're allowing strangers into your home. Times are tight and I can't blame anyone for wanting to become an Airbnb host because they want to earn some extra cash. But chances are you may end up paying far more in the long-term if you rent out because Airbnb isn't nearly as simple or legal as some people think. According to data collected between 2010 to 2014, almost three out of every four Airbnbs in New York City were illegal. The company tried to keep this data out of the New York Attorney General's hands and I wonder why, but it landed them in a lot of hot water. There are a few reasons why an Airbnb can be illegal. For one, short-term rentals may often have a cap at 120 days out of the year and other restrictions like only allowing guests to stay for up to 30 days at a time. Houses are typically meant for locals after all, people that are going to support businesses and pay taxes, not travelers. If you want to let someone stay in your house while you're on vacation for a week for some extra cash, that's one thing. But when houses are bought up for the sole purpose of being rented out for the entire year, That's a whole other can of worms that will open in just a moment. Now, secondly, and possibly the most obvious reason when it comes to apartments is that landlords may not give their tenants permission to rent to somebody else. Since you don't need to own a property to list it on Airbnb, some hosts figure that they can make a nice profit if they charge people to stay at an apartment that costs less to lease in the long-term. Nigel Warren decided to try this out and rent his East Village apartment for a few nights while he was traveling to Colorado. But when he came back, his landlord received about $40,000 worth of fines related to illegal transient hotels. His landlord threatened to evict Warren and pass those expenses on to him. Although Warren acknowledged he was totally ignorant of these laws, he doesn't believe Airbnb is an innocent participant in this. They need to start being a little more responsible and acknowledging what happened and providing a warning to users. They're in some kind of fight with the cities and the users are paying the price. Airbnb is profiting off crimes. There's no easy way to say that. As far as I can see, they're not bothering to try and help uncover these illegal listings or turn them over because they take a cut when Airbnb hosts list a property, not when they warn hosts to reconsider and look at the rules and regulations in their area. Airbnb has been asked why they don't take down these listings and how they feel about the controversy but their spokeswoman, Kim Ruby, just told the New York Times that they're constantly reevaluating how to do its job better. That doesn't feel like a definitive action to me, but let's move on. 
Now, if your landlord does give you permission, or if you are abiding by the laws of your city, hosts can still face a ton of challenges. And Airbnb, like with their renters, doesn't seem too keen on interfering. Burglary can become a whole new level of seriousness when you're letting people into your home. In 2011, one renter found her apartment completely ransacked and vandalized with her passport, cash, credit cards, and grandmother's jewelry stolen. The renter, EJ, told ABC News. They took my camera, my iPod, my old laptop, and my external backup drive filled with photos, journals, my entire life. They found my birth certificate and social security card, which I believe they photocopied using the printer copier I kindly left out for guest use. EJ had been sold on Airbnb as a service that let her earn a little bit of money while having someone look after her houseplant for a week or so. Now, before you say that EJ should have known better and vetted her guests more thoroughly, Airbnb doesn't exactly make it easy for their host to do this either. If you reject a guest's offer, it can affect your search results on the site. Plus it's their complete and total lack of response to EJ that made her frustrated with Airbnb. Even if she inadvertently allowed this burglar into her home, Airbnb seemed to take their sweet time handling the case. The incident was seen as a wake-up call and CEO Brian Chesky apologized and announced that they would set up a $50,000 guarantee to protect hosts and allowed renters to now find out more information about their guests, like reviews from other members. Again, while it's great this was done, a lot of Airbnb's help seems to be only after horrific incidents occur. This was the case with discrimination and hidden cameras too. So are hosts and guests just going to continue to be harmed over and over again and continue the cycle of Airbnb trying to resolve issues after the damage is already done? Personally, I don't think I'd ever feel comfortable allowing a stranger into my home because of the possibility of an incident like this. Even with a $50,000 policy, that does literally jack shit because if my personal like sentimental objects are stolen, you can't replace those with money. Now, it seems like this is a pretty predictable outcome that a guest steals something from a guest house. So was Airbnb really so short-sighted that they wouldn't put measures in place to anticipate if something goes wrong? I mean, hotels put something in place, like if you take like hotel towels or robes or stuff like that. So why didn't Airbnb figure that out? Tragically, the harm to hosts can be far greater than stolen heirlooms and social security numbers. As we saw with hosts harming guests, the reverse is also true. And there have been cases where great violence is done against these home or apartment owners. A few months ago, a 21-year-old guest shot his host in Portland, Oregon, critically injuring her. Airbnb's response is, yet again, that they're committed to their homeowners and they don't condone violence. It just feels so hollow, especially after learning about their special agents, the settlements, and the fact that we just don't even know about all the cases out there. Now, before we continue on to talk about the fallout that Airbnb is facing for their many years of essentially not really giving a shit, let's take a quick moment to thank today's sponsors. Now, when you're at home and it's time to cook dinner, sometimes getting dinner started is the hard part. Thankfully, there's HelloFresh that's offering over 55 weekly options featuring pre-portioned high quality ingredients picked at peak ripeness. HelloFresh delivers fresh quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week, so you can savor summer flavors right at home. And hey, maybe you are going away for the summer, perhaps not staying in an Airbnb. You can update your delivery address and enjoy HelloFresh at your vacation destination with just a click. And plans are flexible, so they work with your changing schedule. And hell, if you don't want HelloFresh while you're on vacation, you're like, I just wanna take a break for a little bit, you can do that too and skip a couple weeks so you can give yourself time to go on vacation, come back from vacation, and then start your meals up all over again. 
And now you can even customize your favorite dishes with Hello Custom by swapping out a protein or side for another. You can upgrade to a more luxe experience, or again, you can add a protein to what was a veggie meal. And this means more choices, more variety, and more meals truly tailored to you. So if you wanna get started with HelloFresh, make sure you go to hellofresh.com casket16 and use code casket16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, go to hellofresh.com casket16 and use code casket16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Now, it can be hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel when you've got some high interest debt. And sometimes it can be even harder to ask for help. And the reality is we've all been there. We've been going about our lives, doing our day-to-day, and all of a sudden some unexpected bill hits us straight in the face. And sometimes we don't know where to go. The weight of the world is crashing down. We don't know how we're gonna pay bills this month. And that's where Upstart comes in to help. Upstart powered personal loans can help you pay down high interest debt all online with simple and easy to understand payment terms. So everything is crystal clear from start to finish. So whether you're paying off credit cards, you're consolidating high interest debt or funding a personal expense or two, Upstart can help you get one fixed monthly payment with again, a clear payoff date. And Upstart knows that you're more than just your credit score. So rather than looking at just that alone, Upstart's model considers other factors like your income, employment, and other information provided in your loan application to help you find a smarter rate for your loan. So don't wait and check your rate today at upstart.com casket. That's upstart.com casket to check your rate today. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Again, go to upstart.com slash casket. A 16-year-old was arrested and charged with three counts of assaulting a police officer. The house belongs to Mei Wong. She had rented out her property to an Airbnb user who said that she wanted to go to the nearby Adele concert. The next morning, Mei returned home to find her house had been mm-hmm. turned upside down. Tell me what you saw. Well, it was worse, much worse than this. I mean, the carpet over here was stained with vomit all up and down the stairs. It was broken glass, beer bottles all over. While harm coming to guests and hosts is alarming enough, there are other dire long-term consequences to Airbnb that have just begun coming to light in recent years. Their effect on housing in popular tourist attractions and locations is extremely similar to gentrification. The wealthy buy up houses, making the cost go up, and then the locals are pushed out as the area becomes too expensive for them to live in. As we've said, cities don't want this. Short-term Airbnbs are one thing, but with all these long-term vacation homes, there aren't permanent residents giving back to these communities. One resident from the Hawaiian island Oahu told the BBC that Airbnb is changing the sense of the neighborhood. It's changing the feel of it with almost a revolving door of strangers. In other words, the very thing that the company promoted, staying with the local and getting a sense of the community and culture is the same that they're destroying. Airbnb could have done something to prevent this, surely. They could have put more restrictions in place or curbed the amount of properties available in a certain area, but they've placed profit as their number one priority. Some cities have taken extreme measures against Airbnb and banning them altogether. Paris, Barcelona, Amsterdam, Miami, and Santa Monica have strict policies about who can rent out Airbnbs. And while London, Berlin, and New York City have looser requirements, they've still been forced to put regulations in place. In New York City specifically, where gentrification is already rampant, the data shows that Airbnb is a massive contributor to the climbing cost of living. One report in 2017 argued that Chinatown was being taken over by white wealthy gentrifiers, making it difficult for anyone that isn't white and wealthy to afford the areas they once called home. 
On the Spanish island Palma de Mallorca, unlicensed tourist flats rose about 50% in 2018, forcing residential rents to rise by about 40%. It got so bad that only 645 properties around the area were licensed when between 11 to 20,000 were being used as holiday rentals. The island started to ban short-term rentals altogether. Those who were pro Airbnb said that the short-term rentals were bringing people together and that the new ban keeps tourists and locals more separate like the old days and takes away some of the spare cash locals may have earned by renting out their home. On the other hand, the tourists that visited didn't always show respect for community norms on behavior and noise. And according to Reuters, complaints against tourists quadrupled between 2014 and 2017. As more and more cities have started placing restrictions, if not outright bans on Airbnb, the company has no choice but to respond. It's taken over a decade, but they've finally attempted to be a bit more customer service friendly. Airbnb announcing new service features and new products on its platform, including air cover insurance, which is a new insurance for hosts, a translation engine. One of the changes they've made is to allow guests 72 hours, not 24, to report a travel issue and potentially receive a refund. They've also announced AirCover as a sort of layer of insurance for guests that offers a booking protection guarantee, a check-in guarantee, and a get what you booked guarantee. It even has a 24-hour safety line now. They have another form of AirCover for hosts that's supposed to protect hosts with $1 million worth of liability and damage protection. Deep cleaning protection, pet damage protection, extending the timeline to report protection, all of these are marketed as part of their AirCover program. And in what looks like a very desperate move, just like last week, week and a half ago, they banned partying inside your Airbnb. They had a temporary ban due to COVID, but recently it's been made permanent. Open invite gatherings, party houses, disruptive events, all of it is a thing of the past. And I mean, hey, I think that's great for hosts who really didn't want their house becoming like a rave or anything, but it does feel like a way for the company to make themselves look as if they care and are doing something without fully addressing the actual core issues. Weekend, Airbnb has extended its party ban on all its listings across the globe. The company cracked down on house parties in 2020 and announced this week it will make a party ban a part of its permanent policy. How they assess super hosts, educate guests about travel, guidelines for a listing title, and things of that nature are changing too. Some of these changes may sound fantastic, but they're a bit questionable in theory. VRM Intel presented this hypothetical. What if you're an Airbnb host and a group of six is renting from you on a busy travel weekend, say July 4th, and they find ants in the house? Under their policy about hosts needing to find the guest a better or comparable accommodation, Airbnb may not only refund the guest, but move them to a place that can cost a lot more money because it was paid for last minute. Would the host be charged the difference too? It seems like we'll have to wait and see how these new changes are implemented. Though the CEO says that he doesn't see a travel recession on the horizon, things are looking pretty shaky. More and more locations are trying to push Airbnb away and less people can afford to travel. Finding an affordable place to stay on Airbnb is also getting harder too. Their fees hardly make the site cost-effective alternatives to hotels anymore. And if any of you have spent about mm, 10 to 20 minutes on TikTok, you probably would have seen the massive amount of horror stories coming out from users on TikTok about their Airbnb experiences. I think I saw one where they showed like their breakdown of what they had to pay. And it was like the cost of the house or the apartment or whatever that they were staying in was something like $130 a night. And they were like, okay, yeah, this is reasonable. We can do this. But then on top of that, the host added like a $200 cleaning fee, like a $200 admin fee, like a $100 random fee. And then the the room ended up costing like $600 a night, whereas it's advertised for 130. So it's deceptive and it's just, no one wants to do that. 
And then here's the other catch to that too, because if you listen to these stories, they also say that the hosts are charging for these like $200 cleaning fees or just these crazy expensive cleaning fees. But then on your checkout to-do list, there's things like strip the beds, do the dishes, do the laundry, put things you know here, there and everywhere. So I'm like, what's the cleaning fee for? And I think a lot of people that are like looking to rent with Airbnb are coming up with the same thing. It really looks like these people are just price gouging out the ass because they think they can. All in all, I wouldn't say that the company is dying right this very moment, considering that they've earned over a billion dollars in the first quarter of 2022. However, I would say if they do not make drastic changes and actually appeal to, you know, the people who make them money, the people who are looking to stay in these Airbnbs, they're most certainly on their way out. This is a case where we're only going to see what happens as things develop with time, because time is of course our best friend and our worst enemy in these types of scenarios. But with all of that being said, that's where I'm gonna end today's episode. If you learned something new here today, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing so that you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes. And if you're listening over on YouTube, make sure that when you do subscribe, you're also hitting that bell button so you can have notifications on every time a new episode comes out. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate your time here with me today. And I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Bye. I think 50 new updates here to your product. What, what are you responding to from consumers and hosts? It's a revolution in travel. Airbnb allows us to work from any, from any home.